Pet Behavior Consulting Essentials. The essentials for success for those who work with pet behavior problems. With your hosts, Dr. Suzanne Hetz and Dr. Dan Step, Behavior Education Network. Welcome, everybody. This is Dr. Suzanne Hetz. And Dr. Dan Step. welcome. And our topic for this podcast is separation anxiety. Specifically, our title is, Is Separation Anxiety an Over-Attachment Issue? So we want to start out by saying what we mean by separation anxiety. And we're saying that separation anxiety are, um, in dogs is characterized by a dog who truly panics when left alone or separated from individuals that matter to him or who matter to him. And that anxiety or panic is often manifest with destructive behavior or house soiling or escape attempts if confined, those sorts of behaviors. Yeah, it's a, it's a serious behavioral problem. Exactly. Now, we want to be clear that um, home alone problems can have other reasons. Dogs that house soil or are destructive when they're left home alone can be due to reasons other than separation anxiety. Right, and there's a, there's a whole laundry list of possible alternatives here. Um, everything from the dog simply not being house trained to um, people leaving him too long uh, inside, you know, and he can't hold it that long. Um, to noise phobias. Noise phobias to all kinds of other stuff. So we're talking um, in this podcast about um, separation anxiety. And in addition to these other reasons for some of the symptoms, there can also be problems that are mislabeled as separation anxiety that are really um, due to um, other motivations. Um, dogs that just get over aroused during the departure routine and then display some um, unwanted behaviors right after the owner leaves. And it, they can also be um, due to confinement issues, dogs that are crated and are really panicked about being crated, but it's not really a separation anxiety problem. Right. So what we want to assume here going forward that we're really dealing with a, a quote, true separation anxiety problem, meaning that the dog who panics because he's um, left alone or separated from individuals that matter to him. So the question we want to ask then, is this panic caused because the dog is too attached to the owner? And why do we care about this? Why is this important? It's important because the way in which we go about trying to manage and treat this problem depends on what we think is causing it. If we think that it's a hyper-attachment, an over-attachment issue, then some of the recommendations that people have made to try and weaken that attachment have included things like uh, having the owners ignore the dog, not letting the dog uh, initiate any sort of activity. It all has to be initiated by the owner. Things like that, which could be um, at best, um, yeah, at best ineffective if it really isn't an over-attachment problem. And at worst, it could really begin to weaken the relationship itself, both on the part of the owner um, and on the part of the dog. Yeah, it can really cause some unnecessary stress for both the dog and the owner. Um, not to mention wasting their time. Exactly. And some of the other recommendations that have been made under the assumption that the dog is overattached to the owner is to work on not allowing the dog to be in contact with the owner um, when the owner's home. So working on gating the dog off from the owner or doing um, stays out of sight. Again, 
all of which can be stressful for um, the individuals involved, not to mention requiring a lot of time on the owner's part. And separation anxiety problems require quite a bit of an investment to treat anyway. And so if you're asking owners to do these things that really aren't going to be relevant, then it's not a benign recommendation because owners can give up, say this isn't working, um, surrender the dog, um, all kinds of things can happen. So we really need to be judicious and targeted in our recommendations to make sure that they're focusing on the reasons for the behavior and not wasting owners' times and doing things that could be detrimental to the relationship, as Dan mentioned. Right. So. What, um, what does the science have to say about whether or not separation anxiety problems are due to an over-attachment issue, so to speak? Well, let's take, let's take a look at that. Um, we did a webinar on this very issue for members of our Behavior Education Network site. Um, a little bit ago and we want to give you the results of a couple of studies that speak to this issue. Yeah, the first one was a study that was done by Flanagan and Dodman in 2001 and it was a survey of dogs that came into the um, clinic there at Tufts University Veterinary School. Dogs that had separation anxiety and dogs that came in for other kinds of behavioral problems, such as aggression or fear of other things, what have you. And what they did was to look at um, whether the diagnosis of separation anxiety that they made, or something else, whether that correlated with some of these behaviors that might indicate um, an overattachment, things like excessive following, do the owners see their dogs who have separation anxiety do more excessive following than owners who don't have a dog with separation anxiety? Over exuberant greetings was another um, thing that they looked at to see if there was a difference between these two groups. And what they found was is that there in fact was a correlation there that is is that the separation anxiety dogs did seem to have excessive following and over exuberant greetings when compared to these dogs that had other kinds of behavior problems. So that would be a study that maybe would provide some evidence that a, uh, an, an over attachment or above average attachment um, had some influence on the development of separation anxiety problems. But the other side of the coin is... Well, it was another study that came out in 2006 um, by um, Parthasarathy Valley, we know her by, yes. Yeah, for, and, and Crowell Davis. And what they did was they compared 32 dogs that came into their behavior clinic at the University of Georgia with 43 dogs, um, I'm sorry, they compared 32 dogs with separation anxiety with 43 dogs that didn't have separation anxiety. In fact, they weren't um, clinic patients at all. And then what they did was to actually give them a, a test of attachment um, that's based on some techniques that are used in trying to look at attachments between children and their parents. And those have been modified to be used with dogs and their pet parents. And in addition to that, they gathered some information, some survey information from the pet parents themselves about how the dog acted when the owner was home and when they thought 
the uh, when the owners weren't home and what they thought the dog was doing. In addition to that, they actually took videos of these dogs uh, for the first 30 minutes after the owners left to kind of look at the behavior as well. So they gathered a whole bunch of different kinds of measures here of attachment and so forth and on these dogs that had been clinically diagnosed as either separation anxiety dogs or not. And what they ended up finding was is that there basically was no difference between these two groups with regard to these measures of over-attachment. Um, the proximity to owners, whether or not the dogs um, showed distress right after the owners left, whether the dogs tended to follow people around, there were no differences between the groups. That is to say, the ones with separation anxiety were just as likely as the ones without it to show these kinds of behaviors. So that um, really doesn't provide evidence for the hypothesis that we've got an overattachment problem here. So there can be a variety of reasons why these two different studies found conflicting results. One found some um, evidence for a quote overattachment issue and the other one did not. Could be due to methodology, could be due to the um, particular population of dogs they sampled, or it could also be due to the fact that separation anxiety can have multiple causes. And again, neither one of these studies spoke to causes, but they did speak to things that were correlated um, that could provide maybe some evidence um, of, of what causes separation anxiety or doesn't. But it may also be that the manifestations of separation anxiety and the occurrence of separation anxiety can happen due to a variety of factors that we still don't really understand. Because the truth is, is that we don't know what the root cause of separation anxiety is. We don't know whether there are some genetic predispositions there. We don't know whether it's due to something that happens in the dog's socialization history. We don't know whether it's um, correlated with some sort of traumatic event about being left alone. And it may be that some types of separation anxiety problems um, can be traced back to a, a hyper-attachment or an above-average attachment to the owner, and others may not be. Um, so that speaks to the importance of really getting a thorough behavioral history and knowing precisely what a particular dog is doing in terms of its signs and symptoms to know how best to approach the problem. Yeah, so you know the short thing here is, is that um, there could be multiple kinds of separation anxiety or multiple causes for it and not every dog's going to have um, the same kind of history, nor necessarily need the same sort of treatment. And to finish up here with treatment, um, regardless of why the dog is panicked when left alone, if that's truly the the motivation for the, the symptoms, the destructiveness, the house soiling, and other sorts of things, then the treatment is going to center around decreasing that panic through behavior modification and possibly through medication um, prescribed by a veterinarian. And it's also going to be important during this type of um, behavior modification process that the dog's environment be managed in such a way that he doesn't get into this panic state on a daily basis when um, we're attempting to undertake behavior modification, generally classical and operant conditioning to change those um, associations and behaviors. Because usually what happens when people discover this kind of problem, the dog's chewing up the couch or the dog's house soiling or, or scratching the door to the point where there's damage, is that people try to prevent those kinds of behaviors from happening. And oftentimes what that involves 
is restricting the dog in one way or another. Either he gets put in a crate or he gets put into a small room or he's um, left outside or something else happens that in, in many cases does not help the problem and in some cases can actually make it worse. And that's actually going to be a, a, a follow-up topic for our podcast next time. Um, the use of crates to prevent destructiveness and how soiling caused by separation anxiety. Because as Dan said, that can um, really backfire. And what owners typically want to do when they have a dog with separation anxiety or even other types of home alone problems is they want to prevent the behaviors from happening. But what we're talking about here, what we alluded to a minute ago is part of a behavior modification plan overall is not to focus on the behavior so much, but to focus on not allowing the dog to get into that panic state. And that's a, those two things are real different in terms of how you accomplish them. And so, in the meantime, um, before our next podcast on this topic, we'd like to take a moment and um, have a word from our sponsors, or another way to put it is to tell you about um, a couple of resources we have um, that you can access to further explore this topic of separation anxiety. One is um, focused on pet owners called Helping the Home Alone Fido, and this is a two-disc um, DVD um, with some um, PDFs, some, some written materials that um, help owners to know how to approach um, this problem. It's kind of a, a DIY or self-help sort of program. And the second one is Managing the Home Alone Dog, which is a two CD set um, along with some um, class notes and um, other sorts of written materials that are recordings of webinars um, on that topic that we've done for professionals um, to help you better deal with separation anxiety problems on a professional basis. It includes some sample protocols, I mean, I'm sorry, some sample cases and some behavior modification protocols. And in our membership site, Behavior Education Network, we have a plethora of resources on separation anxiety, ranging from can placebos help dogs with separation anxiety, to how effective are treatments for separation anxiety, what's new with separation anxiety, remember questions about separation anxiety, um, a discussion about um, the topic, and separation anxiety, separating the truth from the myth, 11 things you should know about separation anxiety, and myths about separation anxiety. So we have a whole bunch of things in behavioreducationnetwork.com you you'll have access to when you become a member. And then, as I said before, we'll put the links up um, for those other two resources that are on our AnimalBehaviorAssociates.com site, we'll put those links up on this podcast um, page. So we want to thank you for listening to this um, short podcast on separation anxiety and whether or not it is an over-attachment issue. Final remarks, Dr. Dan? No, I just think that we need to be careful if we're going to talk to other people about this, potential clients or clients. Um, not to jump to conclusions about what's going on and um, what the treatment ought to be uh, or the management procedure ought to be before we really have a good feel for what the behavior is, how it's being expressed, and so forth. Yeah, don't assume that you have to start making recommendations about decreasing the attachment between the owner and the dog. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, again, check out our resources on, on BehavioreducationNetwork.com. Um, look for, under the podcast tab, and we will um, put some links up there for the resources we mentioned.
Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time when we talk about crates and crate confinement. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.